we can see it afar. For the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there in the sweet by and by. We shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by. We shall meet on that beautiful shore. We shall sing on that beautiful shore. The melodious songs of the blessed, and our spirit shall sorrow no more. Not a sigh for the blessing of bread in the sweet by and by. We shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by. We shall meet on that beautiful shore to our bountiful Father above. We will offer our tribute of praise for the glorious gift of His love and the blessings that hallow our day. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. Have a seat. Lord, you tore down my palace, my castles of sand. And vanished all away But you promised A mansion in that better land At the twilight of life's golden day Lead my steps by the river That follows the Every waves around my feet Till I reach the bright shores of my heavenly home Where my journey will then be Life's sunset falls over the hills Our fertile castles are gone But that rolling old river is drifting There still leading some of the weary ones Lead my steps by the river that follows us. 
When it cries 
for its mother like a child I was helpless alone and I met Jesus then I met the master
church one day to hear them sing and play the preacher firmly plowed the gospel plow well he said you must repent Different now. Yes, it's different now. By His blood, I'm 
Sometimes I study it, but I, I'm not sure about some of it because some of it's prophecy. About a third of this Bible is prophecy. And I don't understand all, all prophecy. I think I know quite a bit of it. But see, none of us I was thinking when Bobby was saying this morning in Sunday school that God would say, wait right here. I'm listening to my, listening to someone else. I think that God can listen to a million people at the same time. That's why he's God. He knows everything. And uh, see, I wonder, I can't... Uh, I can't rub my head and pat my belly at the same time. But Jesus, God, can do everything. And I just thank God that he knows everything and he can do everything. And uh, I wanted to pay honor to, uh, to our soldiers today. I was in uh, Chateau Theria. That was a grave site. I think where there was... 4,800 Americans buried there in 1945. And uh, I was just thinking about all of our soldiers that's buried overseas. But you know what? If they're right with Jesus, they'll all rise at the same time. That's going to be wonderful. A lot of Blood's been shed for our country. A lot of blood's been shed for Jesus Christ. And he shed the most preciousest blood that's ever been shed. Had not been for him, none of us would have a right to heaven or to the tree of life. But I want to ask Ken's also to pray for my wife because 
she broke that arm, but she injured it uh, up in the ball, and uh, she refused to be operated on because uh, they said they only can make it 20 percent, 15 to 20 percent better than what it was, and uh, what they could make it when, with therapy. And uh, I know it's bothering her real bad, but uh, she's patient. She said to tell all the church to pray for her, and she'd come back as soon as she possibly could. And uh, she can't hardly get her clothes on with one hand. And uh, I've offered to help her put her socks on for her and stuff like that. But uh, I think women goes about situations that I just jump in my pants and come right on. <laughs> Wouldn't worry about it. I don't worry about how I look anymore anyway because I want to be clean, but uh, I've never won a beauty prize in my lifetime. Never expect to, but uh, I know that God loves me. You know, I'm built just exactly like God wanted me built. I wonder sometimes why I'm big in the middle and, uh, and short, but I'm just who God made me to be. And uh, I've, I've added I've added some things there that probably God didn't want, but uh, see, uh, but in chapter 51 of Isaiah, uh, I remember just before I went to service, they was talking about the Omaha Beach and the beach at Normandy. And uh, I got saved 10 years after D-Day, 1954, June the 6th. I got saved at a good church. I got saved, had a good pastor. His great-grandkids, two of them is sitting down here. His great-great-grandkids, a couple of them sitting there, three or four of them. But he was a fine man. I'm going to join him in the near future. I'm determined to make it through. How about you? You know, my grandson-in-law, Scott, can I use you today? He doesn't know a whole lot about Christianity, but he accepted Christ. And I want you to pray for his father and mother. I'm not saying they're not Christians, but I don't, uh, I don't know if they are or not, but 
I want you to pray for them, and I also want you to pray for Scott and Amber. They're two fine, very fine people. I say that as gracefully as I know how. I'm not, I'm not trying to necessarily lift up my family, but uh, I think Amber and Scott needs to be lifted up because Amber, my daughter, was real sick, and Amber was there every time. Every time that I went to the hospital, she was there. And uh, but she's been she's been precious to her family, and she's a precious lady, and I believe she's precious to Jesus Christ. And Scott's a fine fellow. Chapter 51 in Isaiah, hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness. Ye that seek the Lord, look unto the rock, whence you are hewn, and to the hole of the pit, whence you are digged. I remember this week, 50 years back, the great hole that I was in. The darkness was all about me. I went out to Carl Hamlin's church and Patty's the night before on the 5th of June. I went out to their church. I went to the altar, but I did not receive Christ. And my my good friend accepted Christ that night. And uh, I talked to the man's sister yesterday. His name was Hobart Beatty. And he talked me and Paul Beatty in a notion of going to church. We were in a saloon, in a beer joint, drinking and arguing, fussing about religion. He jumped up, pointed his finger right at both of us, and he said, you guys get out of this saloon talking about Jesus Christ. He said, go to church and talk about it. He said, you're ruining my good time. So you know what? We went outside. We kind of got our feelings hurt. Of course, a drunk gets his feelings hurt real easy. We kind of got our feelings hurt, but we went outside. And we decided right there, as drunk as we were, that we go to church on a Saturday night. And uh, we went that Saturday night. That's how... That's how we started going to church. Uh, a sinner that was drinking heavy ordered us to go to church. And I was in a deep hole. I mean, there was blackness all around me. I had no way. I can remember going home and sitting down on my front porch. And June was patient with me. She came out and she said, what in the world's wrong with you? And I said, I'm going crazy. I was just crying. The tears were run, running down my cheeks. I said, I think I'm going crazy. I said, just leave me alone. 
I'm not fit for you to talk to right now. So she went back in the house. And I decided from there that I was going to try Christ and see what he could do for me. I was terribly hungry for God, but I didn't recognize it because if you want to know the truth, I was ashamed of it. I, I'm, I'm even sorry, Jesus, to say that today. But I was actually ashamed of God. I would not allow anybody to see me pray. I don't know if Jane remembers it or not, but her and Ruby, Jane was like about five, five years old, I believe, maybe six. And I would get down on my knees just with my two oldest girls and ask God to come in and touch me. But as soon as I heard that my wife was at the door, I'd jump up that quick. I didn't want my wife to think that I needed anything that I was able to take care of myself. Was any of you fellows like, like that? I believe that men are like that, more or less. But finally one day I decided I'm not going to get Christ the way I'm going. I must do something different. I've told you before, if you're not getting through to Jesus Christ, try something different. See, a lot of times we think we're not getting our prayer through when we're praying wrong. You have to be taught how to pray. God has taught us how. Look unto Abraham, your father, and unto Sarah that bare you. For I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. And he will make her wilderness like Eden. And her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Hearken unto me, my people. And give ear unto my, to me, O my nation. For a law shall proceed from me, and I will make my judgments to rest for a light of the people. My righteousness is near. My salvation is gone forth. And my arm shall judge the people. And the isles shall wait upon me, and on my arm shall they trust. I want to go on over to Isaiah 61. I had it put in the bulletin today. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and the opening of the presence to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. 
to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planted of the Lord, he that and he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste. They shall raise up the former desolations. And they shall repair the waste cities. Desolations of many generations. I want to go again. To Isaiah 60. 1 and 2. Arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. I'd like to say that that happened to me 50 years ago. I saw the light of God. I want you to know today that what first happened to you when you first got saved, I want you to relive that this day. I want you to go back to your first love. You know, there's a lot of people. It seems like that almost everything in the past is water over the dam. I want to get to you today and tell you to go back to your first love. I want you to go back to what God gave you at first. Was you pleased when God saved you? Uh, you know sometimes now you Six white horses couldn't please us. Nothing could please us. It's like we're sad and we want everybody else to be sad. You know, in pastoring a church, there's a lot of corrections have to be made from time to time. The Bible says, rebuke and exhort. This is the will of God. It's, that's the hardest thing for me to do is to rebuke somebody about whatever they did. Jesus didn't have a problem with that. This Bible is full of rebukes. The Word of God is full of rebukes, if you will look at it carefully. I want to go to Luke chapter 9, verse 46. Then there arose a reasoning amongst them, which of them should be the greatest. Did you watch, did you watch part of the program last night about Reagan dying? Reagan didn't want to be the greatest. He wanted to help other people. That's what I believe about him. You can believe whatever you want to about him because 
You've got a free spirit about you. If you want to believe, you can believe whatever you want. But I believe that he wanted to help other people. See, if I know my own heart today, I want to help other people. It's not about me, but it's about, it's about your children and my children and my grandchildren and your grandchildren. We need to bring them up in the fear of God. I have about, I didn't count them lately, but I think I have about 21 grandchildren and about 17 great-grandchildren. Uh, that's great. But if one of them is born, I want you to hear this, grandchildren. If one of them is born and they go to hell, they'd been better off if they'd never been born. That's why you've got to watch them. You've got to take care of them. You've got to teach them the right way. And that's sometimes that's hard to do. People want to be important in this life. I want to be, I want Jesus to say to me, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. That's what I want him to say to me. I hope that I can live to where he can say that. And Jesus perceived their thoughts, verse 47, of their heart, took a child and set him by him, and said unto them, Whosoever shall receive, receive this child in my name receiveth me, and whosoever shall receive me receiveth him that sent me. For he that is least amongst you all, the same shall be great. And John answered and said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbade him, because he followed not with us. And Jesus said unto him, Forbid him not, for he that is not against us is for us. And it came to pass that when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elijah did? See, they thought they were, he thought these, these people was going the wrong direction. They didn't have a right to go to Jerusalem. And they did receive him because his face was true, though as he was going to Jerusalem. Let's turn, uh, let's go down to 55. But he turned and rebuked them and said, You know not what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy man's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee wheresoever thou goest. 
And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath no place, nowhere to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury the dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell which are at my home and my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looketh back, is fit for the kingdom of God. See, that's why you have to be careful of what you're doing. Chapter 10 of Luke. Verse 17. Go there with me. And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning falleth from heaven. Don't think that you can whip Satan alone. Don't ever think that you can, that you can take care of your own problems. Don't ever think that you've got enough strength that you can handle the situation. Jesus plainly told them, I withheld Satan as lightning cometh from heaven. See, Satan would come and destroy every Christian that he possibly could if God would take his hand off. Always keep God's hand upon your life. Always keep your hand in God's hand. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now withstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In that hour Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them even unto babes. Even so, Father, for so I, it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knoweth who the Son is, but the Father and who the Father is but the Son, and to whom the Son is, he will reveal himself. Today, God, if you know God, he'll reveal himself to you. If you know Jesus Christ, he'll reveal himself to you. But if you don't know him, and you're looking for him, godly sorrow brings repentance to every heart. You have to have godly sorrow. See, I tried to get saved for a, for a year and a half. I tried to get saved. I went to the altar at four or five churches. 
but I didn't find Christ until I determined that I wanted to find Christ. I didn't find him until I got determined that God, that I needed God. You have to get lost before you can get found. The reason why a lot of people doesn't get saved, they think they're good enough the way they are. I'll tell you another thing. It said back here, it says, notwithstanding, verse 20, in this rejoice not, that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. I went back to that because there's a lot of people they would have you to know that God is using them greatly. Some of them will take a, a jacket and throw it at you and so forth and so on. I'm not, I'm not criticizing that. If they've got that much power, so be it. But sometimes I have a problem with people that I think is showing off. Did you ever see people laugh at somebody that's less than you are? I've saw people laugh at people that's less than they are, that's not as smart as they are, that they don't think they're as smart as they are. You have to beware about those things because God will hold you guilty if you touch one of his little ones, wherever they're at. And that's why I'm fearful that I might uh, do something wrong to God's little ones. And he turned him and to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see these things that you see. You know, have you ever said to yourself, I'd like to have been there when Christ was walking on earth? Probably some of you have said that. I don't want to be there then because I'm here now. And I'm walking with God and I've been walking with him for 50 years. I haven't did everything that I should do, but I've been walking with him. And bless God, he's been walking with me. Is God walking with you today? I hope so. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear, and have not heard them. See, this was before Christ came. Everybody was looking for Christ. Now we already know that Christ has come, and we're looking for his second coming. I want to be here when Christ comes back. How about you? I might not be. I'll be somewheres, listening for my name. Wherever I'm at, if I'm, I went down to the gravesite Monday and I just, I just cut the flowers. I went over at Miss Ball's house. She's got beautiful flowers at that house. I cut the flowers. I put them in a bag. I took them and I went and decorated her grave my mother and dad's grave, 
June's dad's grave. I just stuck the flowers down in that vase. I thought, and I, I stood there and I wept. I was just by myself. Now withstanding, God was with me, but I was just there. But I just wept because I thought, Miss Ball, I put the flowers you growed on your, on your grave today. I put the very flowers that you growed, that you took care of all them years. I put them on your grave. And uh, you know, I, while I was standing there, I was thinking, Jesus is going to raise them up one day. You know, my father has been dead like 35 years. But one day, I'm going to see him again. Mom's been dead like 15 years. One day, I'm going to see her again. Miss Ball's only been dead about three years. But I'm telling you that she was a dandy lady. She was a precious woman. Took her on vacation many times. Never heard a complaint out of her. Not one time. One day, we were going up West Virginia, going around that sharp curve, and I looked back and I didn't see Miss Ball, and she was stretched out in the floor. And I said, oh, my goodness, are you hurt? She said, not a bit. She was just laughing. She was scratching and trying to get up from there. See, I remember the good times. And behold, a certain lawyer, listen to this now, a certain lawyer stood up tempting him saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Not that he was interested. A lot of lawyers today, they're standing up, a lot of judges, they're making decisions that they ought to be making. You know, I wonder how in a world a lawyer can take a fellow that's guilty of murder and bring him scot-free and get him off. You know, only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can make you scot-free. They're trying to play God. Behold, a certain lawyer stood up, tempting him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is it written in the law? How readest thou? Jesus wanted to put the quietness right back on him. And he answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. But he being willing to justify himself. See, that's what I tried to do. I tried to justify myself before I ever came to Christ. I tried to act like that I was as good as anybody else. 
There's a lot of people, church people, today that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. I'm not the judge. I thank God that I don't know people's hearts. But I know one that knows every, every one of your hearts today. But he willing to justify himself said, Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered, and a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell amongst thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. If anybody says you're half dead, Jesus said you were half dead. You know, if you don't know Christ today, you're completely dead. Rise and shine. But some of us Christians are just about half dead. We're, uh, we're got to a standstill. God wants us to go forward. And fell amongst thieves which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise the Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. Have you ever done that to anyone? Sometimes I pass somebody on the highway and my heart just breaks because I've, I'm too far past them and I can't turn around and go back and see what they need. Does that happen to you? Or are you just as free as you can be to go right on by them? Whatever their needs might be, you are not concerned about their needs. Are you concerned about other people? Has God made you concerned about other people? And when, uh, and but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him and bound him up, his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an end, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay. Everybody stand, if you will. And Jesus said, in verse 37, he, And he said, he that showeth mercy on him. Right, let me read 36. Which now of these three thankest thou was a neighbor unto him that fell amongst the thieves? And he said, He that showeth mercy unto him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do likewise. See, God wants us to work for him. Are you willing to split your salary with somebody that's in dire need? Are you willing to help with your own monies somebody 
that you don't even know? I'd say most of us are not. Some of us might be. That's what God wants us to do. That's how He wants us to live. He wants us to live for other people and not just for ourselves. See, sometimes we're a selfish bunch. We want just what we want. You know what? Before they made microwave, I wondered how I existed. Before they, before they got that little button on that television, I wondered how I existed. I don't, I don't care much about television, but I like to play with that button. See, we're a spoiled generation. God help us that we'd be willing to be spent for other people. I know you have to take care of your own family first. God said you're worse than an infidel if you don't take care of your own family. But I know that America has been supplied where they're taking help other people. My brother Willard, I rode over there with him yesterday to see our brother Hyde. And we were talking. America has got plenty. We complain if they don't pay all of our insurance. We complain if we're not, if we're not as well off as the next person. We complain if gas prices goes up a little bit. Shake your head if you've complained about it. Shake your head this way. See, you had the monies to buy it. I remember when gas was a quarter for a gallon of gas, but I didn't have the quarter to buy the gas. God has blessed America. Outrageously, he has blessed this country. Jesus, I thank you today for the great blessings that you have brought to this country. I thank you openly, Jesus. I'm not ashamed to thank you because you have kept me these 50 years that I have had plenty all this time. I worked at Formica, and one of my bosses is back there now uh, at Formica, and I was, you've heard me complain, Frank. You've heard me complain. I'm not telling you that I never did complain. I have complained. I wanted more, more, and more. What we ought to do about Jesus is want more, more, and more until we get a hold of him, until we can work for him. See, God didn't want you to just to brag about the devils was subject to you but I doubt if there's many of us that the devils are very subject to us because we have to have the power of God to get the devil to move 
We have to have the power of God to resist the devil. And today, I hope, I know I'm a hard preacher. I, uh, I don't preach. See, until you get filled up, we had a lady here that preached real good about getting filled up on the Spirit Sunday night. I'm telling you that you've got to grow some before you will probably get filled up. You've got to be obedient to God before He'll fill you up with His Spirit. That's why, that's why I'm hard on you from time to time. I want to tell you the worst of your case. I want you to repent and come to God and honor Him with all of your heart. You can't, you can't serve Him without you do that. You can't possibly serve God without you're connected to Him. You have to be connected. God bless you.